Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Hey, good morning. It's chore time here at the Shank of the Day on Wax. Bob and Jill with you as we welcome you to the first day of winter. And boy, it's going to feel like it. It already does. Everybody around here is below zero. The only place above zero, Madison's at zero, and Milwaukee's eight above. Otherwise, everybody's below zero this morning. We'll warm up above, but back below, and snow coming in, windy conditions way up northwest Wisconsin. It could be five to eight through this area, maybe three to five, and farther south and southeast, maybe a little less than that. But again, the wind's going to pick up, and it's going to blow. We'll tell you more about that. Mike Dandrea will join us as we get into the program this morning. But again, we've got uh, weather as one of the the top stories. The only, uh, and Jill, I don't know if you looked, but uh, I did. The only cancellation I saw was the fact that at the UW-Eau Claire, they have canceled the finals, the final exams for today and tomorrow. So if uh, you're a student at the UW-Eau Claire looking to have final exams today or tomorrow, they've been canceled. Supposedly, your instructors, your professors will get a hold of you to how to make those up, but... uh, Pulling those all-nighters for naught. You don't have to do that. Did you ever pull an all-nighter? Um, no, not for college. Didn't you? I did. I pulled some all-nighters, and, you know, and it, it does work. But you're sure happy when that exam is over, that's for sure. So, UW-Eau Claire students, finals canceled today and tomorrow. But otherwise, I haven't seen anything else. That Russ County Transportation System there, again, they're not, uh, they're not doing much, so don't look for any help there. Otherwise, we've got um, no announcements as far as schools that uh, that we have seen, and I don't know. I think maybe some schools might already starting their Christmas vacation today, tomorrow, whatever the case may be. But uh, again, just be prepared because uh, it's winter in Wisconsin. How are the roads coming in this morning? They're a good r- winter driving condition. Interstate is all nice and clear now, and but my side roads, they didn't even plow one in my county 
side roads that right. I drive on. So all right, so uh, they'll get at that as it goes along. But again, in the next uh, later on today and tonight and into tomorrow and even into early Friday. Windy conditions, I mean 15, 20 mile an hour winds, so the light snow that will fall will be kind of like ground blizzard. So do be careful. As far as some of our farm news, we'll take a look at uh, milk production uh, last month. Also, an interesting story, we've been kind of following that Chinese purchase of land out in North Dakota. We'll get you an update on that. And waters of the USA rule could be coming out this week. Or... It might not. It might get held up by the Supreme Court, that uh, Supreme Court, which is uh, <laughs> a lot of people have thoughts on this current Supreme Court, but uh, they will supposedly make a ruling on uh, that situation as well. So lots going on today. Who have we got? Uh, I know I'm going to go over and do our Thorpe FFA later on this morning. It'll be played the first week of uh, January. Who have we got on the air this next couple of weeks as far as FFA on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Remember off the top of your head? Absolutely. On Christmas Eve, I did went to Eau Claire Memorial. Oh, good. And got the new teacher there. And uh, the 31st, we go down to Arcadia. All right. So we'll catch up with lots of students on the air. Always love doing the FFA programs and catching up with all the kids and all the FFA activities. We'll tell you how cold it's going to get. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, this is the first day of winter. The shortest light period of the year will be today, and then we'll start gaining a half a minute, a minute as we go further into winter. But snow today later on, high about 6, down to 9 below tonight with more snow. And then Thursday could be the tricky day, probably is the real tricky day. Later tonight and tomorrow, because that snow is going to be light and fluffy, and it's going to be windy, so expect ground blizzards and, you know, what that causes on the roadways. So do be careful. Friday, about two above, uh, cloudy and windy, and then it looks like it's going to straighten out just partly cloudy for Saturday, Christmas Eve day, about six above. Christmas day, partly cloudy and eight above. It's nine below right now. About a minute after five. In fact, two minutes after five. Holy man, we got to get to getting five o'clock. And this is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Here's news. NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. The White House is formally asking the U.S. Supreme Court to deny efforts to keep Title 42 in place. Brian Shook has more. However, it is also asking for a delay until next week if the request by multiple states to keep it in place is denied. The Trump-era public health rule allows border agents to expel any immigrant over COVID concerns. On Monday, Chief Justice John Roberts issued a temporary administrative stay on the policy. That decision came after several states filed an emergency emergency application asking the high court to keep Title 42 from ending, claiming it would lead to a flood of immigrants. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is expected to make a trip to Washington, D.C. this week. Reports say it will happen Wednesday, as Capitol Hill will host Zelensky for a joint session of Congress. It'll be his first in-person visit to the U.S. since Russia invaded Ukraine back in February. The Democratic-led House Ways and Means Committee is approving a motion to release materials regarding the tax returns of former President Trump to the House of Representatives. Mark Mayfield fills us in. The move will clear the way for the materials to be made public, although it is unknown when they will be seen. 
Personal information will be redacted from the docs. Trump was the first president in decades to not publicly share his returns upon taking office. Critics in the GOP argue that if Congress can make Trump's tax info public, there's nothing to stop them from going after anyone else. Indicted FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried is agreeing to be extradited from the Bahamas to the United States. Paperwork has been filed with the court, with Bankman-Fried set to fly to the U.S. today. The 30-year-old was indicted last week on more than a half dozen criminal counts, including fraud and conspiracy. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, here we go. Winter's officially underway as of today. This will be the uh, shortest day of the year as far as daylight is concerned. And again, before we get into our weather forecast, which is going to be kind of cold, the only school announcement we have is the UW-Eau Claire has announced that finals... For the students that were scheduled to be taken today and tomorrow have all been canceled. So the finals canceled. Your professor, teachers will get a hold of you later on to figure out how to make that up. So that's the only school announcements we have. It's going to get snowy later on around this part of the country. We'll be about six above today and then tonight down about nine below as the, the snow will pick up. And then tomorrow looks for the uh, exciting day with snow and windy conditions, too. 15, 20-mile-an-hour winds, light, fluffy snow will blow around like ground blizzards, so be careful. And uh, lessening off on Friday, but still cloudy, windy, blowing that snow high of 2 on Friday. And then Saturday, Sunday, and Monday should be just partly cloudy. Christmas Eve day on Saturday, 6 above, 8 above on Christmas Day. Rice Lake is 12 below right now, 13 below at Medford, 10 below at Wausau, Marshfield Lacrosse, 8 below, Green Bay, 4 below, Madison, Sun Prairie, it's 0, Black River Falls, 13 below this morning, 8 below in Milwaukee, and it's 9 below here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's get after the numbers this morning, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And, Jill, where are we at for the livestock? Choice-fed beef steers are 143 to 157, with mixed at 114 to 142. Choice-fed beef heifers are 142 to 157, with mixed at 99 to 142. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 128 to 136, with select and silage-fed steers 96 to 127. Cows are 63 to a dollar. Bulls are 74 to 94. Butcher hogs are 55 to 83. Sows are 45 to 49 and a half, with boars at 20 and a half and down. Shorn market lambs are 115 to 126. Feeder lambs are 75 to two dollars. Ewes are 75 to a dollar. Small goats are 40 to 145 dollars. Medium goats are 200 to 250 dollars. Large goats are 110 to 400 dollars, and nanny goats are 210 to 245 dollars. And at the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures mixed. Live cattle were lower. February live cattle 155.57 down 47. April 159.65 down 27. June at 155.82 down 17. Feeder cattle prices closed higher. January 183.62 up 152. March feeder cattle 185.02 up 122. April up a dollar at 188.47. May up 72 at 191.70 and August. 201.35, that was up 85. Hog prices were lower yesterday. 
February. Lean hog carcass contracts closed down a dollar forty five, eighty four twenty five. April down eighty two at ninety two seventeen. May down twenty five at ninety eight fifty. And June hogs down forty two at one oh six fifty two. Board of Trade was a lower, or excuse me, higher yesterday, led by uh, well stronger soybean oil once again. And uh, some weather concerns, especially for the winter wheat crop in parts of the country. March corn overnight up a fraction at six fifty two. The oats up a penny at three thirty eight. May wheat up one at seven fifty one. March soybeans, uh, all these are March contracts. I don't know if I said May, but March contracts. Soybeans up six cents overnight, fourteen eighty six. Soybean meal for March up thirty cents a ton at four forty nine sixty. And again, the dairy markets uh, developing into a tough week. Barrel cheese down eight cents, one sixty five and a half. Blocks unchanged two dollars. Butter down another dime. That's been down about twenty cents or better in the last couple of days. Butter traded at two sixty a pound yesterday. December class three down one at twenty fifty two. January down thirty four. At 1873, February down 35 at 1852, March now down below $19, down 40 at 1874, and April down 27 at 1920. So that's the way the markets look this morning, courtesy of the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance, 11 minutes after 5. And again, uh, snow in the forecast today and uh, tomorrow especially, and windy conditions as well. So if you have to drive, be very careful. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. This morning on our Provision Partners Cooperative Program, lead agronomist and part-time Santa Claus, Brad Matson joins us here on the program. And Brad, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Bob, and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Uh, we're, we're looking for a very happy holiday season and uh, wishing everybody the best and for everybody to stay healthy and happy this uh, Christmas season. And if you're traveling, travel safely because we've got some interesting weather coming up here the rest of the week. So do that. Well, we're pretty much out of the fields now, Brad, and it's looking forward to 2023. And, of course, that starts with the off-season planning. Where should we be right about now as far as not only uh, cropping plans but also, you know, soil nutrition and, and everything, buying fertilizer, buying seed, where are we at here as we get towards the end of December, and where should we be? Well, we're pretty much on target with seed for where we normally are at. Most people have got that pretty well locked in. Uh, there's still some some to be done yet. Fertilizer, we did get some fall applied done this year, not not to the level of last year because of the later, a little later harvest of that. But a lot of people starting to lock in fertilizer prices. We've had the softening of the market, especially in the potash dap market nitrogen market nitrogen could probably start moving higher again so that's probably something you want to look at at least doing some layering of the product in those types of things big concern is still the transportation out there are we going to get the river opening up in the spring to bring up the product we need and you know they use uh, slowdowns on the railroad is that going to what effects will those have so there's some concerns about supply um, moving into spring so it's, it's time to start thinking about uh, getting those supplies locked in, at least a layering of the of the of the products. Chemicals, we're starting to get more and more people looking at chemical programs, talking about what worked, what didn't work last year, what how we can tweak the programs. Chemicals are tough because 
what Mother Nature can throw you a snowball so you can go from a total pre-emergence to a total post-emergence program and a couple skips of a rock. But getting a plan down, plan A, plan B type of thing, so you have that that figured out at least. Brad, let's take a look back. We had some interesting conversations over this planting, growing, and harvesting season. As you look back on it, what are some of the things that uh, stick out in your mind as far as the season that's just passed? Because overall, it was pretty good, but uh, not without some bumps in the road with weed pressures and whatever. The things I saw that were big this year was potash management, where we got where we were low, and the people who put extra on really saw a return from that, especially in the drier situation. Fungicide management was a big one this year. Getting out there, scouting, looking for diseases and, and applying it. The ones that had diseases and stuff applied it, saw anywhere from 10 to 30 bushel yield response. That was huge this year. Better nitrogen management, using inhibitors, those types of products uh, to keep the fertilizer in place so the crop can pull that out. And soil management, looking at what that soil structure is out there and coming up with a tillage plan that's going to best manage the soil structures you have out there. You know, if you had good granular soil structure, the no-till was working beautiful. But if you had platy, blocky structure, we had to get out there and do some tillage. And uh, where we did the tillage, 15 bushels, 20 bushel yield response on those types of things. But you had to get out there and look at it to, to see what the benefits were going to be. And one thing about it, every year is different. So what happened this year, don't expect necessarily to happen in 2023. I once had a whole producer that was uh when i first started about 40 years ago in this and he said i got this book and i write everything down in this book the weather i write everything down i says well that's fantastic i said then what do you do it he says november i start scouring through it and december i study it even more and i says okay now what do you do with the next he says first of the year i throw it out because it's going to be a different year so <laughs> that's <laughs> That's a perfect way to put it and a perfect way to do it. But those notes are handy during the season, that's for sure. Hey, Brad, you and your family have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll catch up with you next week. All right. Have a great holiday season, everyone. And that's Brad Matson. Thanks, Brad. Over at Provision Partners Cooperative, the lead agronomist, milk production. Numbers are hanging in there. We'll look at that next as we look at the news on WAX. Yeah, let's take a look at some of our farm news, courtesy of Chili Implemented Chili, and uh, we're milking cows, Jill. Absolutely. Milk production across the country and across Wisconsin was up slightly in November. Nationally, production hit 17.5 billion pounds in the top 24 milk-producing states, while production across Wisconsin reached almost 2.6 billion pounds, both up about 1% from a year ago. Production nationally hit... 1,956 pounds per cow. That's up 17 pounds from last November, while here in Wisconsin, our cows averaged 2,030 pounds, up 35 pounds from a year ago. There are now 9.42 million milk cows across the country, with 1.27 million here in Wisconsin. California leads the country in milk production at just over 3.3 billion pounds a month, with Idaho ranking third, Texas 4th, and New York 5th. And Wisconsin U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin has joined a group of senators who have introduced the Student Loan Forgiveness for Farmers and Ranchers Act. That bill would set up a forgiveness program for beginning farmers and ranchers, as well as for women, veterans, and minority farmers. 
The bill applies only to those who want to become full-time farmers. According to the National Young Farmers Coalition, the average student loan debt for a young farmer just out of college is over $35,000. All right, and we'll see uh, how that makes it through, but uh, for young farmers. And uh, coming up, we're going to take a look at, uh, well... What's going on as far as our Leopold Award winners? Joe Tomandel, Joe and Christy Tomandel, Medford area, received that at the Farm Bureau Convention. We'll get caught up on that next, right here on Wax. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The Tomando Family Farm in northwestern Wisconsin started in 1998 with just 80 acres and 40 cows. Although Joe and Christy had both grown up on dairy farms, they struck out on their own. They made a choice at the time to do things a little differently. While many were building free stalls and bringing cows in from pasture, the Tomando family decided to lean into grazing cows. Since that time, they've not only built their farm up, they've built a blueprint for successful grazing that they've replicated. They've also built a program to help others learn dairy farming on a grazing-based platform. Their work has led them to be selected as the 2022 Leopold Conservation Award winners. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. Joe, share with me the history of your farm and where you are today. Sure. So my wife and I started dairying in 98. Uh, so we just started on a, on a modest 80-acre uh, farm. The barn hadn't even seen cows for about six years. Basically, it was a profile of the farm that we were able to afford with the equity that was a small amount of equity that we had built up before then. So we came onto the farm with about 35 cows, 35, 40 cows, and a bunch of used fence, actually. We started grazing cows uh, on this dairy. You know, managed grazing you know, allowed us to get started with very low investment and a lot of overhead. So that's one reason why it was so appealing to us is we got started in 1998 uh, with these modest facilities. We could take the small amount of equity we had and invest it in the cattle. And if we did a good job with the cows, obviously they would appreciate and we'd have more cows. That's really how we got our toehold into dairying is by utilizing managed grazing in a, in a low overhead model and plenty of sweat equity. But we did also see it from the get-go that this was something that we liked from an environmental type of standpoint too. Is this the kind of dairying that you were used to growing up? I grew up on a managed grazing dairy that got started kind of in the 80s. So I really was able to, you know, witness firsthand, you know, just kind of the relationships with the cattle and the soil and the land and the fields and, and even the wildlife around it. And a lot of it just kind of worked together, you know, take as much you know, capital and overhead to make it all work, just allowing these systems that were designed to work with each other to work, work with each other. Eventually your farm grew, right? You didn't stay at 80 acres and 40 cows. As the farm grew, uh, we did start building up the herd. We made some infrastructure changes and you know, we added in a parlor. We added on some different housing and, and bedded pack type of housing. And when we hit about 150 cows uh, on the farm, we became a bit more seasonal also. And there's about 320 acres that was grazable. My wife and I were looking at this and saying, okay, now how, how do we invest? How do we keep investing in this farm? And uh, what are the next steps for it? Traditionally, as a dairy person uh, looks at investing in their farm, they say, okay, we're going to add on more cows or we'll double it. That was 
was an option. As we looked at this in 2009, 2010, we could double this farm and, and take 300 cows on this 320 acres, and we could invest in more facilities and infrastructure and manure storage and, and et cetera, et cetera, uh, and dump the cows. You know, that model would have penciled out, you know, financially, and we would have had 300 cows on, on the 300 acres. We still would have been pulling grass into them, you know, not as much of a percentage of grass, but we would still be utilizing managed grazing. Uh, but then in all reality, the next age of investment, and these usually happen within the decade, you double it again. So doubling it again on that trajectory would put us at 600 cows, a lot less grass, a lot more infrastructure that we'd invest in. And then most likely by the end of our career, we'd invest in it, we'd probably double that herd again. And and there we'd be looking at our 1,200 cows. There wouldn't be any grass going into them. A lot of feed would be hauled in. A lot of manure would be would be hauled out. When we were ready to retire, you know, this could be transitioned maybe to the next generation, but that's probably the last generation because you're looking at a lot of investment here and it would have to keep growing. And basically our buyers would be very large eggs uh, or, or other larger farms and you'd have to probably sell it lock, stock, and barrel. So we didn't necessarily want to go that pathway because our secret to, you know, profitability or our, you know, our formula for profitability was the amount of dry matter we could get into these cows through grass and really try to reduce these feed costs. So back in 2010, rather than doubling our farm, we decided to duplicate it. And let's put up another system that would work like this where we could maximize the efficiency and intakes off of our grass uh, and pasture. So that's what we did. We had purchased another farm in 2010 with about 200 acres, and we converted that with conservation plan and and series of lanes and fencing and water lines, and and then we put some more infrastructure into it to handle 175 grazing cows. And then in 2020, we had purchased um, a third farm to do the basic same thing. That's kind of our mode of expansion and investing into dairy is duplicating. So some of your thought process on duplicating didn't just have to do with the today, but also the tomorrow, right? Some of the thoughts are we're able to really maximize the grass intake and the efficiencies of grazing. When we retire, we also feel that we have got independent farm units. So maybe we're milking a thousand cows someday. It may just be on five different units or four or five different units. So when it's time to retire, okay, can we can we sell these units independently? Uh, can a family move? back into them because they're not overcapitalized and they're able to you know be afforded by by a family or a next generation duplicating does have some unique challenges especially when it comes to labor but you also saw the opportunity that having multiple farms grazing milk cows offered up tell me more about starting the dairy grazing apprenticeship program yeah you know really all these systems and in the duplicating system it is a different labor profile than a single location uh, because I mean you're really looking at milking time and just the profile of the day's worth of labor. We're really trying to set these up so you got, well, maybe three hours or so total in the milking through the day. So we put in larger parlors, efficient ones, so that you basically have a point person or a family uh, that can run these, these farms. But then you maybe don't have as specialized of a labor profile where you've just got some individuals that are working on the cropping end and some individuals that are working on the cow health end and kind of piecing this out. We're almost really looking at these managers that are, you know, versed in a lot of areas on the farm. So it's a little bit more of the cross-section of skill sets uh, that a farmer would need to have. So to be able to find those people, that's not something that you can really learn in a classroom. Uh, So we've basically
basically taken a chapter out of the playbook of the guild and looked at it and said, you know what, this is really an, a hands-on learning type of a thing, and let's learn from the people that have been doing this for the years through experiential type of learning and create an apprenticeship type of format out of it. Uh, so this started in 2010. Also, we basically launched uh, in a partnership with the Wisconsin Department of Workforce Development, Bureau of Apprenticeship Standards, and through uh, National Institute of Food and Agriculture Beginning Farmer Grant, uh, we launched this dairy grazing apprenticeship. Uh, and, and surprisingly, at the time, it was the first registered apprenticeship in agriculture in the nation, and it got started here in Wisconsin. But really, that's how we look at you know identifying the next key people and managers you know within these dairies that can just flat grab onto one of these farms and uh, be well-versed in all aspects of the dairy, from the pastures to the soils to the crops to the cow health to even the facilities. So the unique way you're farming and the work you did to build out the apprenticeship program has brought you the honor of receiving this year's Leopold Conservation Award. Yeah, so we were just awarded the Leopold Conservation Award, which is uh, for us, it's just a real honor. Uh, it's a very humbling experience to to be just included in people that have nominated for this award, uh, as well as past award winners for basically conservation on private working lands and agricultural lands. And again, Joe Tomando with our Carrie, Carrie Berry, Dairy Carrie, as she calls herself, if you've heard her in some of her blogs, too. But uh, Joe Tamandel and uh, Joe Joe Jr. They've been so instrumental in moving grazing forward with uh, all kinds of uh, new concepts and encouraging young grazing farmers. And uh, very deserving award to the Tamandels up there in Medford, the Leopold Conservation Award. Five thirty in the morning. We'll check the markets next on Wax. Rocky's going to join us from Premier Livestock. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's see what's going on at the markets. Things are still pretty quiet around the area, so uh, things have been going forward. Rocky joins us from over at Premier Livestock and Withy. And uh, morning, Rocky. Morning. Things are normal with the holiday, Christmas and New Year's on Sunday. Well, if we could get every holiday to work that way, it'd be all right. Well, I think a lot of people disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, for for a market closed for a day, that that uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, then it, it does. Compiles. It really backs things up, that's for sure. But we don't have that challenge this year, and uh, so far so good on the weather this week. So how'd the Tuesday sale go over there at Premier? Uh, thank you, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's special feeder cattle auction shaped up. We sold 725 head of feeder cattle, 75 bred beef cows and bulls. Uh, feeder cattle sold very strong. Most new crop beef calves from 145 to 210. Uh, those heavier yearlings from 130 to 185. Uh, most weights of Holstein steers uh, from 90 to 130. Bred beef cows uh, mostly from 750 to 1250. Not really getting many of them better kind of cows in this week. Uh, today Today's auction, uh, the hay auction, is at 9.30 this morning, 11 o'clock a.m. dairy cattle auction. Very big dairy cattle auction today. We're expecting over 300 head of dairy cattle. Um, like I say, very nice quality. We have over 85 Holstein parlor freestall cows, mostly two- and three-year-olds. Most of them are going to be recent, fresh from reputation consigners. Here's 38 extra fancy Jersey Holstein cross parlor freestall cows, milking up to 120 pounds. 
If you're looking for the ripping fancy kind of crossbreds, they're going to be here today. Here's 65 nice registered Jersey cows, all stages of lactation. Uh, they're all parlor freestyle. If you're looking for jerseys, they got good deep pedigrees as well. Here's 10 purebred Fleck V fresh two-year-olds. Here's 12 registered brown Swiss cows, several registered cows today, Holsteins and Red Holsteins, including a fancy group from Todd Stanick. Uh, we also have two super sharp registered Holstein breeding bulls today uh, coming off a top program, and they're big enough for cows, plus lots and lots more. Uh, we're expecting over 65 Holstein spring and heifers for the sale today, too. Uh, full details with pictures and videos on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us at Premier 715-229-2500. You can't make the sale today, we order by for you. If you need cattle, uh, give us a call. We'll get them to you. Uh, if you'd rather buy your own, you can online bid through Cattle USA. Please pre-register for that. Any problems, give us a call. Uh, do note uh, tomorrow, Thursday, uh, with the anticipated weather, uh, a couple of the calf buyers are out of the market tomorrow. Um, so we do sell calves today if you want to bring some in. We do sell calves next week. We expect a better market next uh, Monday. But it'll be a softer market for the calves tomorrow. We do know that. We will be uh, selling calves, and there will be calf buyers here, but they won't, won't all be present. So keep that in mind. So that's the way it shaped up, Bob. All right, Rocky, stay warm. We'll talk to you in the morning. All right, thanks a lot. Bye. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock and Withy. And we'll find out... What this first day of winter and uh, leading into Christmas going to bring us weatherwise next on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's finally winter and Mother Nature is going to prove it to us as we go along the next couple of days. Weather brought to you by Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. Mike Dandry is over in the, in the weather room over at Skywarn 13. Well, now that you're inside, you can take your stocking cap off here and uh, tell us what Mother Nature is going to bring us the next few days. Yeah, I needed to take the uh, stocking cap, the gloves, and everything else because it is chilly this morning. Chilly? Uh, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I tried to put a positive twist on things. You know that, Bob. Well, I do, but reality <laughs> is reality. It's yeah. Yeah. Well, that is the case, and uh, it is going to be cold today as our highs only climb to about the single digits uh, for the most part. Now, going into the latter half of the morning, some of our northwestern counties may start to see some snow showers, uh, whereas going towards the southeast later this afternoon uh, is when those will start to move in. Now, we could see accumulations of six inches or more uh, across western Wisconsin going into tomorrow morning. However, accumulations aren't really going to be the biggest threat out of this winter storm. This will be a very light and fluffy type snow. And going into tomorrow, that's when those winds will start to pick up. Gusts nearing 30 miles per hour. Sustained winds between 15 to 25 miles per hour. That'll blow around some of the snow and make visibility uh, almost zero in a few locations. We could have some whiteout conditions. Uh, So if you are planning any holiday travel... Early this morning would be your best bet. Otherwise, you might have to wait until Saturday because Friday is going to be another day with potentially blizzard-like conditions, widespread blowing snow, very, very windy uh, with winds sustained between 20 to 30 miles per hour, gusts nearing 40 to 50 miles per hour at times, and that will continue even into Saturday morning. Still blustery, but the winds won't be as strong. Still about 15 to 25 miles per hour with gusts nearing 30 to 35 
before things start to taper off going into Saturday night. Mainly clear but cold with lows once again uh, falling to the uh, low, or excuse me, single digits and even uh, double digits below zero. And then Christmas Day itself will bring a little bit of cloud cover, maybe a chance of snow showers late on Christmas night, but otherwise mostly cloudy and lows dipping below zero again. But then we get a little bit of relief going into next week, mostly cloudy on Tuesday with highs into the upper teens. Right now, though, we are, well, very cold with a temperature of negative nine in Eau Claire. All right, and uh, the wind's going to pick up when? Later on today? Uh, Late tonight, but uh, mostly by daybreak uh, tomorrow. So today won't really have that strong wind, but we could have some heavier bouts of snowfall that may also lead to visibility concerns. Sounds good. Well, I don't know if it sounds good, but it's it's reality. (laughs) There we go. We'll deal with it. Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob. You have a great day. There he goes. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 taking a look at what's going on. In the weather, brought to you by Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. you got an auction coming up. Christensen Sales as we look at our weather. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. Time for us to catch up on some of our other news of the morning. Morgan McCarthy is in the newsroom. Morning, Morgan. Hey, good morning. You know, I went to college. I know you went to college, and this never happened. The uh, canceling probably, of finals, yeah. You yeah. probably have this in the news, but when I saw this, canceled finals today and tomorrow, UW-Eau Claire. I think if you put your ear to the ground, you can hear the cheers of students <laughs> that weren't ready to take those exams, right? <laughs> I, Don't have to stay up all night after all. No, I know it. Pulling the all-nighters. But what is uh, what else is going on? We'll start with headlines that move us away from campus, but we will scoot back there for that announcement. In the meantime, though, we head to the courts. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. The two men charged with killing, decapitating, and trying to hide an Altoona man's body continue to march toward trial. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster and more details. Brandon Gaston, who's from Rockford, Illinois, and Tracy Clark, who's from Eau Claire, were both in Eau Claire County Court yesterday. They pleaded not guilty to homicide and hiding a corpse charges. Investigators say the two killed 79-year-old Dennis Shoddy last April. It's not clear if he was killed here in Wisconsin or down in Illinois where his body was found. I'm John DeMaster. We go to Juneau County for the heating up of a cold case. The sheriff's office there is renewing its search for a woman that went missing over 70 years ago when she was just a little girl. Sheriff's office saying that four-year-old Ricky Bryant was last seen in the front yard of her home in Mauston, December of 1949, as a fire was being put out. Now, this week, the sheriff's office put out a picture of what Bryant might look like at 60 years old. Anyone with information is asked to contact the sheriff's department. As we look to other headlines, public health officials are chiming in in flu season, saying that the state's first confirmed pediatric influenza-associated death has happened. With vaccination rates low in Wisconsin, DHS has been urging all eligible Wisconsinites to get vaccinated, Dr. Jasmine with DHS saying. DHS recognizes that there's barriers to people getting their flu shots, and for some, it's access. You can find where a flu shot is available near you by going to vaccines.gov or by calling to if you're interested in that, we can make the link easy with that stop at 715newsroom.com. And of course, officially winter today has a lot of people uh, keeping eyes on the sky. And the benefit of the snowstorm, as Bob and Jill were talking about, is that UW-Eau Claire does cancel those in-person finals because of winter weather. University saying it's allowing everyone to work from home and closing campus tomorrow because of the heavy snow that's expected in our area. So maybe you get a little more time to study.
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, study. That's what we want to do. <laughs> and if you're looking to win the lottery, just a heads up, we're climbing again. $510 million. No one drew winning numbers Tuesday, right, Trey? Four people did win a million dollars each after matching five of the six numbers. It's been more than two months since players in California and Florida split a jackpot of more than $500 million in the multi-state lottery. The next drawing is Friday night. I'm Trey Thomas. But you always hit the jackpot when we go back to the barn with Bob Jill and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. I can't keep these lines. Now, is that Mega Millions or Powerball? This one is Mega Millions. Okay. Yeah. All right. Powerball's the one that we're going to win, Bob. <laughs> yeah, right on. Right. I just right like on. to keep, that's how you keep them separate and different. I'll take you away from all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me another uh, one. Uh, well, I've got a whole bunch of them. See you later. <laughs> you bet, Bob. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About 16 minutes before 6 o'clock. We'll get to, it's 9 below. We'll get to uh, some markets here in a moment. But to Jill, some other interesting things going on in our news. Despite opposition to that Chinese company's purchase of a 370-acre parcel of farmland near Grand Forks, North Dakota recently, the sale is going forward. According to reports on the DTN network, a government agency said last week it doesn't have the power to void that sale, even though it is only 12 miles from a U.S. Air Force base. Officials at the Chinese company, Fufeng USA, said it is happy with the decision and will be going forward with its plan to build a $700 million, 25 million bushel corn milling plant on that land. Many members of Congress are unhappy with the decision to allow the sale, and they are feverishly trying to write and pass legislation that would change the decision and not allow communist countries to buy land near U.S. military bases. And we have an updated information about the Waters of the USA rule before may be updated before the end of the week. Word out of the Environmental Protection Agency is that they have looked over the 120,000 public comments now that's a lot of public comments, and hosted 10 regional meetings on the issue and is now ready to make the proposal public. But it may be for naught, as the Supreme Court is now reviewing the EPA's jurisdiction over the Clean Water Act. Yeah, we'll see 120,000 public comments. That's a lot to go over, but again, it shows how engaged people are on this issue of the Clean Water Act, which um, most people think they kind of overstepped their bounds. It's a quarter to six at Wax 53. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before six o'clock and nine below on the first official day of winter. And it's time to hear what Jim Lindsay has to say about their Tuesday market at Equity Altoona. Choice beef steers and heifers a dollar twenty to a dollar forty six. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers a dollar twenty to a dollar forty five. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar thirty to a dollar forty three. We had a top of a dollar forty seven. Choice Holstein steers a dollar fifteen to a dollar twenty nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar fourteen and down. Top twenty percent of the cold cows sold from seventy four to eighty three. We had a top of eighty seven. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty to seventy three. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from forty nine and down. Organic market on Tuesday. 
80% of the organic cows sold from 80 to 93. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cold bulls sold from 65 to 90. We had a top of 96. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 25 to $110 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $25 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 120 to $340 per head. We do sell organic cattle here at the Altoona Market on Tuesday. Please have all cattle and appropriate paperwork to the barn by 11 a.m. the day of sale. Our next special feeder sale is January 6th of 2023. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About nine minutes before six o'clock on this first day of winter. Let's get over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. You sleep with the windows open last night? Well, good morning to you, Bob. Uh, that would be uh, uh, no. <laughs> no. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty chilly here, about 10 below zero. But uh, before we get into the uh, market report, I was uh, listening, kind of sort of listening before. Did you say that barrel cheese has gone down to 165? Yep, barrel cheese down to 165 and a half, down another eight cents yesterday. It's uh, hitting the skids. There's, uh, you know, we've got uh, cheese in storage, and while our prices are still pretty advantageous, other places are starting to catch up to us. So some some challenges ahead, that's for sure. Well, well, anyway, I guess we can't do anything about that, but what we can do is we can tell you how the livestock are selling. Why don't we do that? Yeah, head into it. All right, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Tuesday, and the first couple days here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market yesterday. Now, these are conventional cows. Higher-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows in yesterday's auction, selling from 68 to 79. Uh, most of the cows so far this week are between 52 and 68. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, below 50. On the organic market, better-quality organic cows are selling from 80 to 89. Uh, Lower-yielding organic cows below the $80 money. Bull trade, your better-quality bulls, are mostly from 82 to 92. Lighter weight bulls below 80. On the calf market, now this was mostly on Monday's trade. Uh, good quality Holstein bull calves selling from 75 to 175, topping at 200. Heifer calves pretty limited this week, 30 and below. Beef calves 175 to 300. Again, Monday's top was 345. And just a note on the calf market the rest of the week here at Stratford, a uh, uh, combination of the cold weather and close to the holidays. Uh, calf market is going to be sharply lower both today and tomorrow. We're anticipating that, like I said, mostly due to the cold weather and the fact that we're close to the holidays. So we will be selling baby calves tomorrow and Thursday, but uh, uh, prices are going to be accordingly. So in anyway, uh, talking about the sale today, we do get started this morning at 10 o'clock. Full marketing date here on uh, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the market cows. We sell fed cattle this morning and the sheep, hogs, and goats. And I did mention we will have some baby calves today, uh, uh, such as it is. Feeder cattle sale today. We'll have a nice lineup of feeder cattle for you folks. And that will start at 12 noon. And just keep in mind, uh, we will have a sale tomorrow also starting at 11. So, again, folks, I know it's cold. Uh, be uh, Use a lot of common sense transporting your livestock and uh like Gil said, some of the side roads are not real good yet, so be careful. And uh, just one note, I think I mentioned it yesterday, of course, uh, there will be no no change in the sales schedule for the next two weeks uh, because uh, Christmas, New Year's, both on Sunday. However, 
there will be, of course, no Sunday drop-off either on Christmas Day or New Year's Day. So, Bob, that's what we have for the folks this morning. Again, folks, stay warm, drive careful, and uh, Bob, we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. I hope so. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at the rest of our markets, courtesy of Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland. Board of Trade yesterday was higher, led by stronger soybean oil prices, and also weather uncertainty for winter wheat. Some massive snow dumps expected to cause maybe a little trouble. Overnight, March corn up a fraction, 652. The oats at 338. March wheat up one at 751. March beans up 14. Up to 1486. That's up six cents overnight. And meal up six cents, or meal up 30 cents at 449.60. Country elevator prices. Wheat and grain. Chippewa Falls location. Corn's at 595 with soybeans at 1425. At the Connorsville location, corn's at 595 with soybeans at 1415. And take your look at our DTN screen. Corn at Baldwin, 608 today. The beans, 1412. At Durand, corn's 599. Soybeans, 1406. Mondovia, 610 and 1411. Elmwood has corn at 608. Beans, 1416. Fall Creek, 590 on the corn, 1391 on the beans. At Osseo, 613 on the corn, 1416 for soybeans. Out at Elk Mound, 601 on the beans, 1414 on the corn, rather. 1414 on the soybeans. Sparta's corn is at 596. The beans 1392. Ellsworth 578 and 1362. Ethanol plants. Boyceville 627 for the corn. Stanley 615. New Richmond grain facility 612. Barrel cheese did trade down another eight cents yesterday. 165 and a half. Blocks were unchanged at two dollars. Butter down a dime at 260. December class three also lower. December down one at twenty fifty two. January down thirty four at eighteen seventy three. February down thirty five at eighteen fifty two. March down forty at eighteen seventy four. And April class three milk down twenty seven at nineteen twenty. And prices were lower each month out through next November. Again, nine below right now. Snow is going to start moving in later on. And uh, later on tonight and tomorrow, it'll get uh, it'll get real nasty with some of that light blowing snow, and it'll blow because uh, we're going to have winds, oh, 15, 20, 25 miles an hour starting later tonight into tomorrow. Right now, it's nine below zero on this first day of winter. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.